Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. It's stand up and be counted. So why not take them on in back there? Let's see what we're made of. Let's take on the challenge and have a go. It's, it's, I suppose it's a little bit different in that there's no massive cost for this. It's a final. So in finals, for me always, you let fly. You take off the handbrake and you just go for it. Because 75 minutes of hurling and there's a Munster medal on the line. And I think it's fair to say that the 2023 Munster medal is going to hold serious value. Hello and welcome to the Throw and Hurling Show. Sinead Kassan here. I'm sitting in for Michael Verney. Well, it's a double bill of provincial hurling finals this weekend. Limerick have a chance to complete a rare five Munster titles in a row when they play Clare at the Gaelic Grounds. The Banner haven't won the McMackie Cup since 1998. And in Leinster, it's also a repeat of last year's final with Kilkenny playing Galway at Crow Park. John Milan and Eddie Brennan are here. Lads, before we get into the provincial finals, there was the the shocking news earlier this week about the sudden death of Teddy McCarthy, who died suddenly at the age of 57. The only player to win an All-Ireland Senior Hurling and Football medal in the same year when Cork did the double in 1990. Uh, John, Teddy Mac was a GA icon. Yeah, and I suppose, look... I suppose you only have to see in the aftermath of, of, of his passing, you know, the tributes that are after coming in. Um, Cork have really lost a, a, a legend. You know, when you talk of legends down in Cork and Cork Sports, Tyrone O'Gara, Roy Dean, uh, Jack Lynch, Christy Ring, uh, he's right up there. You know, what, what he achieved. I suppose, look, for me, growing up as a kid, being a nine-year-old in 1990, we were spoiled for choice. You know, you had Italian 90 and you had the double. The double that was done within a, within a fortnight. A double that will possibly never be done again. Uh, you know, Teddy, Ted, Teddy Mack, I suppose, you know, within within those, within that period of, you know, the mid-80s to up to say 93, 94, an unbelievable, an unbelievable midfielder in, in, in both codes and, I suppose he was probably the first of of uh, that generation back in that decade where he was that kind of, you know, big powerhouse midfielder who go up and, and win a ball, you know, and the follow-on from that was, you know, you had your Colin Lynch's, your Ollie Baker's, your Larry O'Garman's, your Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Fenlin's, uh, you know, your, your Mike Holand's, your, your Kieran Carey. So that was probably a, a golden era for that kind of, uh, you know, those mid, midfield powerhouses. Um, and he kind of, just typified that and 
he's going to be an extremely big, big loss to uh, to uh, the Harlem for the Harlem world and to Carl GAA. And for me, my, my only I didn't know the man, but from what I believe, he was he was, he was a great character. Uh, I only took I was on a WhatsApp group there with, with uh, Andy Daly this week, and Brad Dalo was was fair, fairly broke up over. Um, and you know, probably that that generation who would have been kind of close to him and played against him. Uh, you know, I think that would probably really affect them most. And I suppose my my only deans and I never knew Teddy as a man, but my only deans and we won the count for our first county championship in two thousand eight with De La Salle, and he was he was selected with Bertie Oak, Murphy, Cork Saracens won the championship for the first time in 50, 51 years. I think it was our third championship, and. Uh, Teddy, Teddy was on the sideline that day and, you know, came into the air dressing room in the aftermath of it and, and had some some kind words. So, yeah, look, I just like to offer my condolences to uh, to his family and to, to the Saracens Club and, and, and the college GA on, 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 on the loss of a, of, of a true, true legend. Yeah, absolutely, John. I suppose, Eddie, we've been seeing those images of... Um, him soaring into the air and that, you know, such a great fielder of the ball, be it in football or hurling. Yeah, definitely. And just to echo John's, you know, sentiments there, you offered the condolences to the family. Um, a real character as well of, of Cork hurling and football. I think uh, you often heard the lads, you know, I heard Tomas Mull talking about him very affectionately. Teddy Mack is, is, is what he was known as. But um yeah, I, like John there, I, I think I couldn't get over it. You'd forgotten it. I was kind of brought up in that era and that Cork team in 1990, I had a huge uh, admiration for, you know, John Fitzgibbon, Jerry Fitzgerald, Tomas Mull, all that team, uh, you know, Casey, Shawnee O'Gorman. And in the centrals, that was Teddy Mack because at the time, Hurland was about dropping the ball into midfields and you had your kind of war horses there and you just recall, you know, Guys that he was going toe to toe with the great Galway team, the Tipperary teams, you know, a Kilkenny team as well in '92 around that time. And Teddy McCarthy always stood out both hurling and football. And like you said there, I think the one image that we all have of him is, I think, uh, that soaring through the air, be it hurling or football, Aussie rules esque. You know the way he was able to get hang time and catch the ball. And strangely enough, in a, in a county that's lacking in football, probably tradition. I still had huge admiration for them and you'd watch that car team of the late 80s. And I think even too, what struck me as well is when he landed, he was gone. You know, you talk about the ultra fit, agile, modern athletes. I think Teddy McCarthy was probably um, up there with the fittest of his generation too. So you know, it's a shame. And, and look, we have some great images and memories of a guy when you go back and look at those matches and, and, and what he brought to car hurling. Yeah, absolutely. And as he said, our condolences to his uh, to his family and his friends. Um, the Munster final on Sunday, John, uh, Limerick and Clare, what are they going to deliver to us? You know, you even wonder leading up to it. Just firstly, on the venue. So Clare obviously wanted it on in Thurless first. But then what do you make of their call to have it in Limerick? And of course, look, the Gaelic grounds, it's its closer to them and to their supporters and their t- and the players than Porky Keeve. But it still seems kind of like a ballsy move at the same time by Clare to kind of go, right, let's have it in Limerick's home ground. Well, from what I can gather, Clare, the Clare County Board and the Clare management team, they looked for Taurus. Yeah. Limerick didn't want to go to Taurus. Limerick wanted to go to Cork. And from what I gather that you know, the Clare County Board kind of got wind that the vote was going to go towards Parky Cueve uh, and Cork. Now, 
I can see the, the reasons behind, you know, Brian Lowen saying to the Clare County Board, well, hold on a minute. Logistically, travel-wise, it ain't going to suit our supporters. But I would be thinking that this has more to do with, you know, Limerick, the dimensions of Cork and Limerick, you know, being a Crow Power team, Cork plays similar to the Crow Power dimensions. And if you're Brian Lowe and you're saying to yourself, well, look, we haven't played much down in Parky Cueve as of late, whilst Limerick, you know, they've picked up a league title, were very, very impressive against Kilkenny there this year. You know, you go back to the round robin game last year against Cork down in Parky Cueve, where they just blitzed Cork that day. You go back to the 2021 Munster final where they were 10 points down at half time and they came and blitzed Tipperary in that second half. And and Clare, you know, they were due to go down to Parky Cueve last year and they ended up playing Cork in Torres. So I'd say when 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 Brian Lone broke down, he was saying in his own mind, well, look, possibly the Gaelic grounds will suit us better than travelling to Cork and, and playing Limerick in, in Cork. And the reason I say that as well is that, you know, Limerick like to play those triangles, they like to play those lateral passes, you know, they like to go with the two-man full forward line. And you, you even go back to the last time they met the round robin. Clare went man-to-man. They pushed up on every every Limerick uh, man. Now, they left an acre of space behind in their full back line where you had, had a two-on-two but I'd say Lone was saying to himself, well, look, if we were to go to Cork and we were to push up man on man, you know, and you leave that space down in Cork, you've seen it in the in, in, in the league final where Flanagan and Galan just went to town. I'd say they'd have a better chance of closing off the space in the Gaelic grounds uh, than they would down in Cork. And plus, on top of that, you know, it's only six weeks ago that they rocked into the Gaelic grounds nearly in a full house on a Saturday night you know, went to toe to toe with Limerick and they beat Limerick. And you go back to the league meeting, it was an unbelievable quarter final meeting when this Limerick team were only first getting on the road. I think it went to extra time, it actually went to penalties the same night. But played very, very well the, the, the same the, the same night on that, in, in, in that league quarter final. So I'd say when they broke it all down, I'd say they said to themselves, well, you know what? Let's take on the challenge. Let's throw it back on Limerick. Let's throw a bit of pressure back on Limerick. We're going to take you on your own backyard. That's the way I would see it. Yeah, but we know how tough uh, these wins for Clare at the Gaelic grounds are hard to come by. 1889 was uh, the last time they did it before they got it in the round robin series. But that sounds quite logical and very sensible there by John, Eddie. What do you reckon the dimensions of the pitch? But at the same time, it you know is it kind of putting the pressure back on Limerick by kind of saying right lads we don't mind going into your backyard to try and take you down again? Yeah, there's there's a there's a level of uh, who blinks first really and and kind of like poker they're they're kind of I'll see you and I'll raise you again so uh, there's an element of that going on which which adds to the the occasion which adds to the story and adds to the the atmosphere as well. Um, I, I suppose just a quick one on dimensions of pitches. I think what it's more so is. I think it's more your 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 optics sometimes can can fool you a little bit. I think pitch sizes generally some pitches are a bit shorter. I know Nolan Park is 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 maybe slightly narrower. Turles is narrower and slightly longer. 
I think it's to do with more so that the crowd is closer to you. I think that probably covers your peripheral vision, whereas you see grass an extra 10 yards on the sideline, that can give you a sense. So there's an element to that. But the point, at the I think John's point is right. I think Limerick are very, very comfortable in Parky Cueve. I think logistically too, I think we have to strip it down to, for, the, for the support as well. Parky Cueve, while a quality stadium, is very difficult to get access to. It's, it's logistically very difficult for people and it's a long, long journey. So I think it made sense to do that. It's just an awful shame that the Gaelic Crowns doesn't probably hold another 15,000. Yeah. You, you'd have an almighty atmosphere. But yeah, look, I think I think for Brian Lowen now, right, they had a super win that night. They, you know, the things they did came off well, albeit Limerick had 14 wides that night. So Limerick will look at tidying that up. If they can make a 20% save in there, that could be the difference in, in games that are very tight margins. But I also think Clare have to come out now to probably consolidate their position as real uh, candidates, real, you know, worthy champions potentially, they have to win a bit of silverware because if they don't beat Limerick on, uh, this weekend, they're probably no further advanced than they were this time last year. So they really have to step up and I think, you know, consolidate that position because I do think Brian Lowen over the last four years has assembled a really strong squad. They've shown they're not afraid to go into to the Gaelic grounds. Um, so there's an element of that going on, but I think it all adds to what's going to be a brilliant atmosphere. Um, and I think Brian Lowen, by doing it and probably saying to his squad and maybe some of the leaders in the group said, do you know what? This is either, you know, it's, it's stand up and be counted. So why not take them on and back there? Let's see what we're made of. Let's take on the challenge and have a go. It's, it's, I suppose it's a little bit different in that there's no, there's no massive cost for this. It's a final. So in finals, for me always, you let fly. You take off the handbrake and you just go for it because 75 minutes of hurling and there's a Munster medal on the line. And I think it's fair to say that the 2023 Munster medal is going to hold serious value. Oh my goodness, absolutely. Uh, like there is such a buzz around, you know, Claire Hurling. We saw the Miners obviously win their first All-Ireland since 1997 uh, last weekend. Uh, John, it's just this rivalry, this Limerick against Clare, it just keeps giving at the moment. Um, because we know, even coming into this game, we know that Clare can match Limerick physically as well. Ah, but look, it's a, it's a rivalry that probably goes back de- decades, really, you know. Uh, for me, Myself and Eddie were probably were probably we touched on Teddy Teddy Mac. We we were raised on this this rivalry back yeah. in back in the nineties. You know, you ninety four, uh, ninety four or ninety four, ninety five, and and ninety six. That that trilogy of of games. I mean that that famous Kieran Carey point, and you know uh, the Clare teams. They always or Clare players. They always reflect back on on ninety five as that monster monster championship nearly. As a as a as a bigger win than, than their all Ireland win against against Offaly. so you know you have you have that coming into it. You know you also got to factor in that you know it'd be a bit like Waterford and Kilkenny. You know the South Kilkenny, an awful lot of South Kilkenny people working working Waterford. You have that in in Limerick and Clare, and awful lot of Clare people live in Limerick, and awful lot of the 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 Clare players possibly would have went to school in in Limerick, went to college in Limerick, so. They know each other inside out, and you know any time that there's a clear Limerick fixture of you know at anything that has anything to do with a high magnitude, I think you're going to get fire and brimstone, and I'm expecting the exact same thing on 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 Sunday. Now you've got to factor in 
you know, if this game was, say, 18 months ago, you know, Limerick would be strong, strong, strong favourites. But you got to factor in that Sean Finn is missing. You you got to factor in that we don't know how how fit Keen Lynch is. Is he injured? Isn't he injured? As we touched on the last day, we're only surmising that he possibly is carrying carrying a knock. So that's kind of a little bit of a leveler, you know, missing probably your best uh, man marker, probably your best player. You know, when King Lynch is on farm, he is he is our he is our best player now. Will King Lynch take to the field? I don't think he will. If 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 he's anyway, if he's not anyway fit, I don't think they'll they'll risk him. I think he'll probably play a partial partial part again. And so, like that, that gives uh, Claire massive massive hope going into the, going in, going into this match. The interesting thing for me is, is what Limerick are going to do with with, with Tony with Tony Kelly. We've seen in the past where T- Tony Kelly has, you know, come up with some massive scores, you know, against against Limerick. And the reason why, the, the reason for that is possibly because Limerick play to their system. They zone the mark Tony Kelly where if he goes into one area of the field, whoever's nearest to him picks him up. It will be fascinating. I'd like to get Eddie's take on it. Will Limerick go and man mark Tony Kelly? This weekend, because you know, if if you leave him free, and and he and he starts getting into his groove and he starts popping over points, I think the, the other clear players get a massive, massive lift off of that. I think if, if Tony Kelly gets on the scoreboard early doors, I think that's 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 super for uh, super for Clare going forward in this match. And you know, you look you, you look at Sean Finn being gone. If if they are to detail someone to man mark Tony Kelly, I mean. Dermot Burns is not going to man Mark Machine. Uh, Declan Ham is not going to. Kyle Hayes is not going to. Barry Nash is probably going to want to play his own game. Dan Morrissey is probably going to be on the edge of the square. So probably the fellow you are looking at then is probably Mike, Mike Casey. So yeah, I, I think, you know, it's there's, there's there's a lot of hope there for, for Clare coming into this match. And I think, you know, they'll take an awful lot out of the fact that they have beaten Limerick. We touched on it. They have beaten Limerick six weeks ago. But one thing for me, I think Limerick have really come up. They've come up nearly 10, 15%, 15% since that performance six weeks ago. So I'd like to get Eddie's take on, 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 on Tony Kelly. Yeah, I, a few years ago when I was involved with Leash, we played them down in Nolan Park and uh, we, we, we fell short by a point. And that day we detailed Podge Delaney to follow him and Podge kept him to four from play. Now, the four from play the same day were absolutely incredible points because we kept pushing him out the fields. But he still does what Tony Kelly does. And all we were trying to do is just nullify his influence on the game. And by doing that, we gave ourselves a little bit of a chance. But I concur with what John is saying there. Limerick sticks so much to the plan and their setup. So if you decide that uh, you're going to send someone after him, because Tony Kelly goes everywhere. He goes down around his own half-back line. So do you want to see Barry Nash potentially following Tony Kelly up there and leaving a hole of space back further? Uh, probably not. But I think the other thing that maybe you try to do is, well, if you're going to go hammer to hammer with Barry Nash, for example, if we were hypothetically talking, wouldn't Barry Nash do a lot of harm if he gets on ball in that sector of the pitch? However, it's the loss of a body back in your own defence. And I think Limerick 
have always prided themselves on that setup that they do not leave themselves open for goals. I think they'll say the last day that were it not for Tony or for uh, Quaid in goal, they may have conceded two more goals. He brought off two incredible saves. So I think the one thing that this Clare team possess is an ability to go at the goal. So therefore, I think it's going to keep Limerick from maybe doing that. Now, alternatively, do you play someone else up the field and detail him? I think I'll be a little bit surprised if they did. I think they haven't done it so far, but he has had a huge influence. Anytime against Limerick, he has contributed handsomely. Uh, so I don't know. I don't see them man-marking him. I think it would make sense. But then are you taken from one aspect of your game? Yeah, well, that's one decision uh, John Cody will have to make. Uh, Brian Lohan as well. I mean, there seems to be a bit of hope grown that Conor Cleary might play some part in Sunday's game. Obviously, he dislocated his shoulder two and a half weeks ago. It looked like he was going to be out and that would be such a huge class loss for Clare, considering how he matches up on Aaron Galan. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. And if he doesn't make it, then obviously, John, like who Brian Lohan is going to bring in there um, uh, in his place if he doesn't make it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I suppose, look, the great Tony Brown used to always say to us, he said, look, if if you're if you're not 100% to take to the field in, in the county match, you don't take to the field. You might get away with it at a club level, but most certainly not at, at, at inter-county. And that's the one rule Tony always had. And I suppose he learned that from 99. He played through a, a, a really, really bad injury. And he, he said in the aftermath of it that if he wasn't 100%, he was going to be true to himself. He wasn't going to take to the field. And I, I, I think it's 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 a high risk for Brian Lone and his management team to, if they were to send out Conor Cleary, and if he ain't 100%, I mean, what, he's uh, dislocated collarbone, is it? That's what yeah. the world's saying. Yeah. So, you not, know, not you're going Look at the dogs he's going to be facing into. That's what yeah. Shane Harrigan and Galan going to be doing. They're going to test that straight away. So Yeah, but to answer your question... I don't think they will risk him. I don't. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a major risk. It's it's, yeah. it's too big. A, too big a game. And potentially, what will happen then? You, you're probably looking at um, McInerney will go back on, on onto the edge of the square. And I'm I, I'm thinking if and I said it here. I think it was two or three weeks ago on, on the pod. If I was Brian Lone, I would be putting Aidan McCarthy back wing back. He's he's played he's played wing back before. He can, he can he can still have that attacking trick coming down that wing. You know he can pick off scores from 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 out the field. So you'd have you'd have Ryan on one side. You could have Aiden Aiden McCarthy on on the opposite side, and you John John Conlon sitting, and then probably bring in maybe a a, a Shanna or or, or an Ian Galvin because they have they have the they have the the firepower up front to come off the bench. So I don't think you know putting Aiden McCarthy back there will weaken their forward division. With the likes of an you know, Ian Gallagher. The only thing with that though, John, sorry, I'm going to jump in is like, I know McCarthy might have played there before, but is he is he defensively minded enough? I think as a defender now, and yeah, look, in in Dermot Ryan and McInerney, they, they, I think these lads have been really important to clear as a five and seven because they give you an, act, an attacking dimension. They're picking off points. So, and yes, McCarthy will give you that there, but... Is he, is he that absolute defender? And I think that's probably the fundamental when you're playing against Limerick. I think your six defenders have to be predominantly and primarily defensively minded initially. Like the, you have to shut them down. I, I think there'd be no point. And I take your point. It's it's well made. It, you know, maybe is a Cotton Malone is the option or someone like that to drop back. But I think 
when you're playing Limerick, the scores can come from all angles. And I just don't know if McCarthy would be defensively minded. I think I think I think the game is set up for somebody to do something a little bit left fields. All right. Position. You know, yeah. so what whatever that is, but I, I do think uh, and I know I've banged on about this on the pod before. I said about 2021 Monster Final or 2022 Monster Final, I think it was the Porans Rain down in Parky Cueve and Liam Sheedy's tip had detailed Brendan Maher to deal with, uh, you know, or sorry, Alan Flynn was going to follow Keane Lynch at midfield. Keane Lynch lands in centre forward. So I'm just saying it threw Tipperary's game plan out the window and it really rattled them and it's, it, it ultimately led to, so will one of the lads, you know, break from their traditions? And I think they haven't so far, but I'd love to see someone throw a curveball for 10 minutes and, and see what happens. Like it, it just could blow the game wide open. This is the head scratcher Brian Lowen has. You know, if he puts Mac McInerney back, like he loves that. You know, you've seen it. Like yeah. you have that block of tree going across three big men of McInerney. They're brilliant. Con, Con and, and Ryan. So if you put McInerney back there, you don't have ma- too many alternatives. Like if you take Carl Malone out of midfield, who's then going to pick up, you know, Will O'Donnell and go toe to toe with Will O'Donnell? So you're going to have to drop one back either way. So that could, for me, that, I think that could be a, a curveball where they could put, push Aidan McCarthy back there. He's a big man. He's a big presence. Yeah, yeah. And you're not, you're not losing that kind of, you know, big, tall presence of three across the halfback. And, and I think that's the dilemma as well, because when you're a manager there, you don't want to obsess. You're making now two moves to, to, to deal with someone. So I suppose the other question is, is Shane Amore good enough I think he's mobile enough, but is he going to be the one to potentially just straight in and deal with Gillan? I think he has the pace to go with Gillan. He's a big, strong fella for a fella that's not very tall, but is he able to deal with Gillan the way Cleary is? Whereas McInerney is probably better to deal with Gillan, potentially. Well, the only, the, only, the only other alternative is that they'll probably, they could put Rory Hayes on Gillan. They'll put young Hogan over on, on yeah. uh, Seamus Flanagan. And I think Hogan will be too small for him, though. I think Galan or Flanagan's geez, he's a seriously physical yoke. You see, and this 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 goes back to the, the point why why it's it's the head scratcher for Brian Lowe where he's probably gonna he's gonna probably left with no option other than to put McInerney back there. So then do you put Shannon Amori on the wing and do you put him on the wing on, on a Garrow with Hegarty or do you put Hegarty. him on, 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 on You're using, yeah, huge height disadvantage. I think yeah. Dermot Ryan will go on Morrissey, and that's one I can't wait for that battle. It's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, you, you mentioned there Keane Lynch actually. Well, John Carley did say earlier this week that he has been training over the last week and a half or so. But I know we saw him limping off after as he was going into the the dressing room after after the Cork uh, game. But so we've got Limerick going for a five in a row in Munster, and that's a rare enough thing. Only Cork have kind of done that before. Like if you're going to strip this back, John. Like, Clare need this Munster title more than Limerick. They haven't won since 1998. I mean, when you look at those Clare players who haven't won a Munster medal yet compared to what this Limerick uh, team have achieved. Ah, uh, look, it's a, and look, Munster finally, it's, 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 a, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous occasion. You know, I, I was lucky enough to play in, to play in eight of them, you know, and I never won an All-Ireland medal, but I was lucky enough to win four Munster medals. And to think that some of these Clare players, you know, your Tony Kellys, your John Conlins, your your Shane O'Donnells, you know, golden generation of Clare players have never picked up a, a Munster medal. And, you know, for, for them to go their whole career without without picking up, up a, a Munster medal, like that Munster, those four Munster medals, I, ne- I never never had the, 
they look to, to, to win an all-early medal. But I, I cherish those months of medals because it's 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 a fabulous competition. It's a fabulous day. It's a fabulous day. And it's a tough competition to, to win, you know, because any any one of the five teams all feel that they're from the from the outset that they have an opportunity of of winning the Munster medal. For a lot of these players that, that we just mentioned, it's their fourth final now in, in seven years, you know, and if they were to go back and lose another final, you know, and to try and pick yourself up to go into another competition, the All Ireland series, it, it will be tough going. Um, and look, twenty five years, it's 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 a long it's a long time. Nineteen ninety eight seems like yesterday. Is that that match Waterford and Clare? So yeah. For Clare to win it, to win a Munster Championship, for Brian Lowen to win silverware, and as you just touched on, you know, Clare Horan is, is on the crest of a wave. You know, their under-20s run lucky. It was at the All-Ireland Final last weekend for, for the Miners. Fabulous win against Galway. If they were to go and win this 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 Munster Championship, you know, it would it would top off a, a, a cracking couple of weeks. And look, I don't think, I don't think they're going to even be worried about the, All, the, the All-Ireland They'll worry about that Monday or Tuesday. But for Clare, it's trying to break that 25-year hoodoo and try and bring silverware um, back over that bridge and, and, and back into the banner on Sunday evening. Oh, yeah. Well, it should be another classic. Listen, we'll get your predictions at the end, but let's just move on to the Leinster hurling final. Obviously, Galway against uh, Kilkenny. I actually read in the indoor earlier this week that Crow Park is going to open its doors uh, half an hour before uh, throwing in the Munster final so that people can watch the Munster game on the big screen in Crow Park before that Kilkenny-Galway game. Eddie, obviously, Kilkenny have a, a few injury worries, including Adrian Mullen. And I was reading there that, you know, Kilkenny are kind of waiting to see, you know, how Mullen goes although you know he got that awful uh, thumb injury but I mean losing those guys would it also almost be advantage Galway if, if, it, if it comes around that they, they will be without them Yeah I think Adrian Mullen is a massive massive yeah. loss can't be understated really um, he has become a very pivotal player for Kilkenny his work rate his physicality his ability to turn over and obviously then his ability to pop up and drift around and pick off scores and hurt the opposition uh, he's able to see a pass. Um, from what I understand, it's a fairly substantial injury. He was operated on the Monday morning afterwards. So my reading of that is his his season is over this year or his, his inter-county season is definitely over. And that's a huge loss to Kilkenny because he was a bit sluggish early in the championship, but he was finding his groove. He's had a terrible year of injuries. He lost out in the club all Ireland this year, the semi-final final with a, with a hamstring injury. So, you, you know, you feel for a player to be missing out on all that. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a big blow to Kilkenny because we saw, you know, maybe the last day when he went off and even Mossy Keown, who's probably the goal man for Kilkenny at the moment in the last couple of seasons, he's the man that gets some goals when they need him. Um, they're, they're two important fellas. So I think the gauntlet is thrown down to other players. I think some of the other players have to really step up now. I think they have to deliver a performance. Um, because it is advantage Galway now. I think... Uh, Galway have been poor in Leinster finals over the last couple of seasons. I think there's also a little bit of pressure on Galway to deliver this. And I think even, you know, my old teammate Henry needs this. I think he needs it. He needs to win something because if they don't beat Kilkenny on Sunday, minus Adrian Mullen and minus one or two more, um, I think there's going to be a little bit of a squeeze on them, you know, in terms of that. So I think there's a lot to play for, but um yeah, I, I I do think it's it it is a slight advantage to Galway. We know what Kilkenny are going to bring to that, but I do think um, Adrian Mullen it's a massive loss because he does work well with TJ and his club mates. 
TJ has been a small bit leggy for me at the moment. I think he just looks a little bit sluggish. But look, he certainly doesn't know the county, and, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't doubt the man at all. Um, I just would like to see can he play maybe to him a little bit more if they plant him around the edge of the square, plant him inside in the full forward line, maybe on Cody playing off him a little bit better and fire the ball in there. I think he can unsettle the full back line. But uh, Galway seem to have found their mojo with swapping McInerney and Dotty Bourke. And I think that's a huge advantage because Dotty Bourke was probably the man who led the charge the last day and, and got them back to that Leinster final and got the draw. Where's Mikey Butler at? Uh, he's supposed to be out as well, is he? Stouffer yeah, he's well. supposed to be out as well. So we don't know. Um, again, I suppose like any manager, you just have to wait and see and hope that a guy is ready. But I think, as we said earlier there, I think with the way Curlin is now, I think if you're any way off the pace, you might get away with it once upon a time where it was kind of everyone had their position and you played that little area, whereas now it's all over the place. And I think if you're not 110%, whatever about bringing a fella on, maybe with 10 minutes to go and taking that risk, but I certainly think you can't. Like, look at Kilkenny the last day in the first half, three substitutes gone. It probably impacted their game plan in a big way coming down the straight. Mm. Eddie, just on Henry Shefflin, sorry, uh, John. Um, like, do you think he's just kind of left scratching his head with what's going on? You mentioned there the Leinster final performance last year. There was that first half against Dublin, which I think was widely regarded as an awful performance uh, by Galway. And then obviously they came back then in the second half. Do you think he's left scratching his head with where exactly his own team is at, um, even coming into this one? Because we kind of don't know what, what to expect in some ways. Yeah, I think... Um... In terms of, of management and coaching, right, you, you can have game plans and you have certain things that you want to do and say, listen, lads, when we get the ball in hand, this is what we want to do. We want to play, we want to feed whatever, Connor Whelan inside, Concanon, uh, we want to do that. But I think the one thing that has to be requisite, it's just uh, no compromise on it. When you pull on your county jersey and you go in there into wearing it in a championship match, you have to bring the thunder. You have to bring the fire. It's just unforgivable, I think, for any team to go into a match. And yet there wasn't a big prize to be, you know, there wasn't a big loss. We're still in the championship. But what I was disappointed me with Galway last year in the Leinster final and this year against Dublin, there was no edge to them. And I think Galway, when Galway, the Galway teams that I played against, whenever they overturned us, I'm thinking 0-1, 0-5, you know, they brought the fire, they brought the thunder, they 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 came in and they just mowed through you. And I think that's when Galway played their best hurling, when they're right on the edge and, and trying to, you know, dictate the terms of engagement. I think Galway kind of gave Dublin too much respect the last day. So I think that's the only way that they can play. And I think for Henry, I think that's what I've disappointed him maybe last year. And I know there was a sideshow going on last year as well. I think it definitely took away from from, from the Galway performance a little bit. But I think from your players, I think the one thing that there has to be, you have to go out and show that this means something for you. And I think that's that's what Henry Sheffield will look for this weekend. And I think in general, at, at County Eleven, as I said, I say this again, it's just an uncompromised. There is no give on that. You have to bring the absolute thunder. And I think if Galway bring that, that's when Galway played their best hurling. And I think if they bring that, that's what brings a performance out of Kilkenny as well. Yeah, I think there was as much anticipation last year for how the handshake would go between himself and Cody after last year's final. And I think, admittedly, sorry, Sinead, I think Henry got completely sidetracked with all of that last year. Do you think? I think he he got too consumed with that. It's fair to say Brian Cody probably got in his head 
And I think he'll learn from that. So that's what he has to bring. But look, um, equally on the other side, I think Derek, Derek is a very, very uh, tough, uncompromising fella as well. And I think neither of them would want to give. And I think, you know, Derek will definitely be prodding some of his other players now to say, this is your chance to step up. John, do you think the pressure's kind of grown there in Henry? You know, like they, they need this Leinster title, you know, especially after the way they performed in that Leinster final last year. Yeah, I, I, I echo everything Eddie, Eddie, Eddie touched on there. I was just going, I was just going to remark on myself. I thought even Henry, he was rattled last year, even, even in the scene on the, on the sideline. And I think even going into this final, he'll be an awful lot more freer. He'll, he'll, he'll can go and enjoy it an awful lot more. And I think you know, your players, players can feed off of that. If you, if your manager feels good and and he doesn't feel uptight or he's anxious or whatever, you know, and I thought there was probably elements of that last year, even in Galway's play in the final last year. But the one thing about these two teams, like Eddie touched on it there, Galway are dangerous when you least expect them to do something. But similar are, are Kilkenny when you least expect Kilkenny and Eddie's downplaying it there like that's when Kilkenny come and bite you you know and, and albeit they're going to be missing those three players now look when you break down those three players Mullen probably Kilkenny's probably best player one of Kilkenny's best players last year uh, Mikey Butler best man Mark I got an all-star last year Mossy Keown was was instrumental in in in, in getting, getting to the final was was brilliant. They're three big losses. So who's going to replace those three lads? You know, you're probably talking Walter Welch, and I'm probably talking then probably, you know, someone like Billy Ryan, Eddie's club man. He could come in now and, and you know burn it up the burn it up the weekend. So they still have they still have the the cover. But what what those three losses will take away will take away from their uh, will t- take away from their panel will take away from their their subs bench. Where if you want to offload a couple off the bench, you know, on the 50-minute, 55th-minute mark, you know, they might be of the same calibre of players because you're going to be starting start a couple of players that you are possibly going to hold, hold on the bench. But but going back to it, from a goalie point of view, I think I think there's probably a bit of pressure on, on both managers, to be fair. I think really, you know, there's always that kind of first year you get, you get, get the free pass. But, you know, Eddie... Eddie knows only too well the Kilkenny public, you know, they, they, they won't, if Kilkenny were to lose Sunday, you know, they'll be quick to, they'll be, they'll be quick to remind Derek Ling that, albeit, you know, he wasn't at fault for the All-Ireland final defeat last year, but that would be three defeats in the space of 12 months, you know, an All-Ireland final defeat, uh, a league final defeat, and a Leinster final defeat. So, you know, Kilkenny supporters, Kilkenny players, Kilkenny management team, you know, they're not consistent in losing losing finals, and they don't take the losing finals too well. Well, they most certainly didn't in 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 in, in Eddie's time. But touching on, on on Henry, like you know, it's hard to believe Kilkenny are going for four in a row, and you know this is this is this is uh, Henry's second year, and I think you know when Henry took over the hot seat in Galway, most certainly what would have been, you know. What he would have had on the list was right. Within two years, we're going to pick up a Bob O'Keefe, a Bob O'Keefe Cup at the very least, and, and try and push on and win in All Ireland. And look, the reward for the winners is massive. If you think the reward for the winners is massive in Munster, it's 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 even more massive in uh, for this final because you know you get the break. You're in the last four. You've you've won less game to play in the All Ireland series. And look, it's highly likely 
the losers of this match are going to probably face Tipperary in, in, in an all Ireland quarter final. So, yeah, I think there's probably, if you were to ask me now, I think Henry possibly has to go and w- win this final, you know, and touching on, as Eddie touched on, considering Kilkenny are going to be down those three players. But equally, as I touched on it there, Derek Ling will be under a bit of pressure as well. Yeah, the other thing, just to throw in as well, I, I just think guy that we've we've probably forgotten about because we haven't seen a whole lot of him. And I, I don't know what the situation is because, you know, injuries flared up, but Richie Hogan is sitting around there at the end of the Kilkenny panel and he has had his injuries over the last few years. And I just think, is that something that could, you know, could we see him this weekend? I think it would be something that could possibly rattle Galway a little bit. I mean, we talk about, you know, the, the height disadvantage. You know, we saw two or three years ago when they played Galway in that Leinster final under lights, I think in 2020 or that. And Richie Hogan went in and changed that match completely. Now, I know we're further down the line, he's older than that. But I think, in, in my view, and again, look, I'm not seeing him week in, week out. But I think he still has something big to offer Kilkenny. I think he made a difference when he went in the other and final last year. He gave Limerick something different to think about. And he's a very, very elusive fella. Albeit, not the same fella he was when he won Hurler of the Year. But I still think, as a presence, as a guy who could make something happen, he could be uh, the rabbit from the hat, maybe. Yeah, interesting. You've given us uh, plenty to look out for this weekend. So before we go, predictions, lads. Um, Eddie, to you first, uh, your own county, can they do it? Yeah, I certainly hope so. I'm go- I, Look, the heart will always rule me on that one, Sinead, unfortunately. <laughs> or fortunately, um, I want not only Kilkenny to win that, I want some of our other players to step up and deliver something here. Yeah, and Munster as well, Eddie. Munster, I think it would be brilliant to see Clare win one. I think it would be absolutely brilliant. I think that's that's probably shared around. I just think Limerick have had their assessment of everybody. They've had their their, you know, and we and that's the nature of it. I think they they they, they accept that now that they're there. That the top team, everyone wants to see them taken down. But I have to say, I'm not but impressed by the resilience, and I think they might just have the measure of Clare ever so slightly. Okay, Dan? Yeah, I think two, two difficult games to call. I think there's, there's going to be a, a time toss time, time between between either one. These games are so difficult to call and I'm expecting two tight encounters the weekend, but I, I'd echo what Eddie, I just think the Limerick smile is back on the face, you know, even seeing it in the aftermath, what it meant to him after beating Cork. Clare have the, have the three-week break, but this Limerick team they're yet to lose a final under Kylie. I mean, yeah, that's 11. that's a that's a remarkable record. I mean, I mean, nobody Maybe. has beaten this this Limerick team in a, in a final, and I just I just can't back against them in a final. So it's it's Limerick for me by the smallest of margins, one or two points. And for me, I'm going to sway towards Galway. The fact that if those three lads are, are out injured, I just think there's there's more on the line for for uh, for Henry and Eddie touched on it there. I think he'll be more freer going into the, to this match. Uh, I like the way they finished that match in the second half against Dublin and I think if they can bring that level of performance that second half performance uh, the weekend I think they'll edge it by one or two points as well so yeah uh, Limerick and Galway by the smallest marriages Okay that's uh, great stuff well undoubtedly it will be an absolutely uh, a feast of hurling Uh, that was great stuff lads uh, John and Eddie thanks a million for that we're going to be back on Monday to look back on those Munster and Leinster hurling finals enjoy the weekend and thanks for listening This is an Irish independent podcast.